Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Adventures in Wikipedia. Uh, today, I'm going to Wikipedia. I, I did cars earlier, and it took me on internal combustion, two-stroke people, and it pff, was not interesting at all. So uh, I'm going to type in hot rod just to see where it takes us. So hot rods are typically old, classic, or modern American cars. What? <laughs> I just like how they say that. Old, classic, or modern American cars with large engines modified for faster speed. The origin of the term hot rod is unclear. For example, some claim that the term hot refers to the vehicle being stolen or origin stories include replacing the engine's camshaft or rod with a higher performance version. That actually makes a lot of sense. It's got a high camshaft, a faster camshaft. I put a faster camshaft in my car it has a hot rod, but the term is, or it has broadened to apply to other terms that are modified for particular purchase, such as hot rodded amplifier. Oh, I see what they did there. Let's look at the history. Um, and I'm not going to, well, they've got a cool set of pictures on here, though. They've got an old three-window Lowboy Deuce Coupe. Uh, they have a 1923 Ford T-Bucket. They have a T-Bucket with early Hemi. They have a 1932 three-window uh, with a classic style flame job and a moon tank. That, that's a pretty cool-looking car. And then they have uh, a bunch of different, you know, just old-looking cars that apparently have bigger engines. But um, let's just go ahead and go from 1960 to present. As automobiles offered by major automakers began increasing performance, the lure of hot rods began to wane. So with the advent of the muscle car... It was now possible to purchase a high-performance car straight from the showroom. However, the 1973 oil crisis caused car manufacturers to focus on fuel efficiency over performance, which led to a resurgence of interest in hot rodding. So as the focus shifted away from racing, uh, the modified cars became known as street rides. The National Street Rod Association, or the NSRA, was formed and began hosting events. By 19... 70 or by the 1970s the 350 cubic inch 5.7 liter small block chevy v8 was the most common choice of engines for hot rods so another popular engine choice was the ford windsor engine during the 1980s many car manufacturers were or reducing the displacement of their engine thus making making it harder for hot rod builders to obtain large displacement engines Instead, engine builders had to modify the smaller engines, such as using non-standard crankshafts and pistons to obtain larger displacement, while current production... See, I wonder why there was a thing where, you know, they were trying to make it difficult for the hot rodders. Uh, I mean, I, I know why, but it's just interesting. Sorry. Um, so I lost my spot, and I'm looking at crankshafts and pistons to obtain larger displacement. So while current production V8s tended to be the most frequent candidates, this also applied to others. So in the mid-1980s, as stock engine sizes diminished, I'm having a hard time reading today, sorry. Rodders discovered that the 215-inch 3.5-liter aluminum block Buick or Oldsmobile V8 could be modified for substantially greater displacement with mainly wrecking yard parts. This trend was not limited to American cars. Volkswagen enthusiasts similarly stretched stock 1,600cc engines over 2 liters. Um, so anyways, I'm going to check out the small block Chevy V8. 
And there's a lot of random numbers and stuff that I could read off of here, but the Chevy or Chevrolet small block engine is a series of V8 automobile engines used in normal production by the Chevy division of General Motors between 1955 and 2003, using the same basic engine block referred to as a small block for its comparative size relative to the physically much larger Chevrolet big block engines. The family spanned from 262 cubic inches at 4.3 liters to 400, wow, 400 cubic inch, 6.6 liter inch displacement. So let's just check on the big block. I mean, I'm looking at the pictures and one is small and the other is big. But the Chevy big block is a term for a series of large displacement V8 engines that have been developed and produced in the United States from 1950s to current day. As American automobiles grew in size and weight following the Second World War, the engines powering them had to keep pace. So Chevrolet had to introduce its popular small block in 1955, but needed something larger to power its medium-duty trucks and the heavier cars that were on the drawing board. So the big block is for big engines, and then they ended up just dropping them into like these cars. And I'm looking at the different ones. So they got 1958, 1959, and 1960. And then it shows turbo, super turbo, special turbo. And then you got four barrel, tri-power, three by two barrel. There's the 409, the 427, and then they go through all the marks. Let's just check out the 427, the Z11. A special 427 cubic inch, seven liter version of the 409 engine was used in the 1963 Impala Sport Coupe. Let's check this bad boy out. Ooh, the 1963 Impala featured rectilinear styling. <laughs> I don't know why they called it that. Rectilinear, I guess because it's rectangular. It doesn't say rectangular, it says rectilinear styling with an engine turned aluminum rear taillight panel surrounded by a chrome border on SS models. Engine choice was similar to 1962 with the small block 283 and 327 cubic inch 4.6 liter V8s were the most popular. The sport sedan featured a creased rod line, a new coved instrument panel, and blah, 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 blah. Let's get to the part. A special 427 cubic inch, 7 liter V8 version of the 409 engine was used in the 1963 Impala Sport Coupe. Ordered under Chevrolet regular production option RPO Z11, this was a special package created for drag racers as well as NASCAR. And it consisted of a 427 cubic inch engine with aluminum body parts and a cal induction air intake system. The aluminum body parts were fabricated in Flint, Michigan, and the facility known as GM Flint Metal Center. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I haven't done this before, uh, but uh, you guys are not going to see this because for some reason I'm doing this only audio version. Um, but uh, I'm going to. Take the I'm gonna copy 1963 Chevy Impala Sport Coupe, and I'm just gonna do a regular internet search on a generic search engine, whichever one pops up first. That is not what I copied. Hold on, I'm sorry. Um, copy 
1963 Chevy Impala Sport Coupe. I do know what these cars look like, but uh, I'm, I'm wanting to look at them again. And, wow, that is not the car I was expecting to see. Uh, let's just pick up some images on it. It's a very clean-looking car, but just the fact that that came with a 427, I don't think it has anything for safety features on it. Oh, man. That is... I could imagine someone saying that that is not an attractive-looking car. I'm not going to say that because I do find it attractive, but I would understand why people wouldn't appreciate this car. Uh, you really got to look at the pillars. You really got to look at just the overall design of that car. Um, I've never been a big Impala guy, but I'm looking at this car, and, oh, wow, there's one for sale. I just, it's it's a pretty clean-looking car. Um and this one does have an original 427, 385 horsepower, uh, big block in it. That, I don't know, what does that say? Yeah, three, 427, it's 385 horsepower. I mean, in 1963, I mean, that thing's solid steel, though. But that's a clean-looking car. This gentleman has his setup with a pretty decent stance. He's got some nice rims underneath it. Anyways, I'm looking at the fourth-gen Impala. The 1968 Impala Coupe is not a bad-looking car. It's got a really long back end on it. Um, and then they have the Impala SS. And then you go into the fifth generation, which uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the colors that they chose. But the Impala remained Chevy's top-selling model with the fifth generation. A high-performance big-block V8 was still available in the form of the Turbojet 454, which produced 365 horsepower in 1971, but decreased as the years went along. In 1971, redesigned B-Body would be the largest car ever offered by Chevrolet. The hardtop sport coupe continued to be offered. It was smoothly sloped, semi-fastback, reminiscent of the 1961 bubble top styling. A three-speed manual transmission remained standard at the beginning of the year, but in the spring of 1971, all V8s equipped full-size GM cars to go Turbo Hydromatic as standard equipment. Power Glide remained optional, available for six-cylinder cars until the 1973 models. Um, not to confuse anybody, but um, I'm looking at the sixth-generation Chevrolet Impala four-door sedan. Um, and I'm looking at it in contrast to the 1973. I mean, there's a lot that can be done to this 1973 that I'm looking at in my personal, humble, non-professional opinion. But, I mean, I'm looking at the original, you know, one gen, first-generation Impala, and then I'm looking at this sixth-gen Impala, and you wonder, what were they thinking in 1977? Oh, man, I'm sorry. That is, I, uh... I'm looking at the seventh-generation, and it's not that bad whenever you compare it to you know, that 6th gen. That 7th gen is not bad looking at all. I mean, I was alive in the 90s, and that was not uh, a horrible style for that car at all. Feel free to look these up, but the 7th generation Impala SS, it's it's the B platform. It was redesigned in 1991. It remained uh, a shortened frame design of the 1977 model year redesign. I mean, this is not a bad looking car. It's not a great looking car, but... uh I'm looking at the 8th gen, and it looks best as a cop car. 
They have a 2005 Impala 9C1 four-door police interceptor, and that is the best-looking Impala, I think, starting in year 1976 up until ever. I mean, I'm looking at the 10th generation, and that's not a bad-looking car, but it's not an Impala. It's not an Impala. I, I feel like some of these cars, and this is just me going off the cuff here, Welcome to Adventures in Wikipedia, where you're going to listen to me rant about cars. But uh, look at the evolution of the Impala. That's just unbelievable to me. I mean, there are people that actively seek out not just that car, but actively seek out components of that car to add to their car. The older version, like, you know, Gen, Gen 1, uh, Gen 2. Maybe a little bit of Gen 3. This uh, Gen 3 is not bad looking. And like I said, that's the first year where they had the big, you know, Z11 Sport Coupe. The fourth gen is not a bad looking car. I mean, if, if, if I could get my hands on a, on a fourth gen and, and I had like a full staff of mechanics and body fabricators and stuff, that would be a clean car that somebody would buy. Looking at the fifth gen, I could do something with that. And then you get to Gen 6. I don't think that, I don't know. I would take it as a challenge for somebody to take that car and make it into something that would be aesthetically appealing. I hate to say it. Um, oh, man. It's, you almost wish that they could go back. Like, I'm looking at this other, the, the, the 95 model, and, I mean, it's okay. And then they just, what are they doing? It did. It looks better as a cop car. It looks better as a cop car. And it's funny because I'm looking at... I think they were all cop cars. Didn't they have a Impala Interceptor package like forever aligned with the Crown Victoria? Let's look that one up. I'm 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 going to do my own search. I'm I'm going off the cuff again. Sorry. I'm not hitting the hot links. Uh quick links. I'm going to put Crown Victoria. Not the Chancellor. Here, let's just type in Crown Vic. And there it is, the Crown Victoria, the 1998 through 2002 Crown Victoria LX, made by Ford Motor Company, produced from 1991 to 2011, and then 1992 through 2012. They are assembled in Southwald, Ontario, Canada, at the St. Thomas Assembly. Uh, so the Crown Victoria, the Ford Crown Victoria, colloquially, 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 I don't know how to say that word, sorry. I know how to say that word. I just can't do it right now. The Crown Vic is a full-size sedan that was marketed and manufactured by Ford from 1992 to 2011. The successor, the successor to the Ford Limited Crown Victoria, uh, it served as the flagship sedan of the Ford model line uh, above the Ford Taurus as the Ford counterparts of the Mercury Grand Marquis. But then here we go. The the Ford Crown Victoria Police Interceptor, which, hey, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because those are the shows that I grew up looking at. They have a second-generation Ford Crown Victoria police car. It's an Interceptor, and it is a clean, cool-looking car. Would I own one? Absolutely. I think it would be cool to have a collection of old cop cars, but uh, I'm looking at these. Um... This car got faster over the years. They happen to have their quarter mile times. So, uh, engine and drivetrain. So, the police interceptor is equipped with 
an external oil to engine coolant oil cooler to reduce engine oil temperatures allowing the vehicle to operate at high rpm high loads for an extended period of time without the risk of engine oil overheating and subsequent engine damage this engine oil cooler can be prone to seeping oil from the o-ring seals after the high mileage operation encountered by police interceptors particularly were damaged by road salt so road salt was the kryptonite for the old police interceptor um, but I'm looking at it down here. They have the models. They have 92, 93, 94, all the way up through 2011, and they have the quarter mile time. The 1992 Ford Crown Victoria police interceptor ran a quarter mile of 17 minute or 17.48 seconds. And then it looks like it went to 1729, 17.25. And then in 95, it got a little slower, 1732. And then it ran a 1689, and then it went back up into the 17s, and all the way down to the 16s. And then it looks like the 2011 Ford Police Interceptor ran a, I don't know what this ratio is, 327, ran a 1682. And I'm not sure, I'm pretty sure they explained, oh, that's the ratio that came standard. Um, they started changing them. I'm seeing that at the bottom because I'm jumping around like a like a horrible DJ. But uh, this police cruiser is used in the Bahamas, Belarus, Canada, the Dominican Republic, France, Iraq, Kuwait, Mexico, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Ukraine, and the United States. Let's read about its discontinuation. On March 12, 2010, Ford Motor Company introduced the 2013 police interceptor as a red badge and or rebadged and re-engineered version of the current Taurus. And the new vehicle is on an all-wheel drive unibody platform with optional front-wheel drive, and it bears no relation to the rear-wheel body-on-frame Panther platform that underpinned all previous Crown Victoria police interceptors. That's what they call that, the Panther platform. Uh, let's check that out. Uh, I'm going to copy rear-wheel body-on-frame Panther platform copy that and I'm going to put that right into the Wikipedia search. I'm pretty sure it's in here. I skipped around and I'm sorry. That's just how it's going to have to be. The Ford Panther platform. Oh, wow. Is an automobile platform that was used by Ford Motor Company for full-size real-wheel drive sedans from 1978 to 2011. It was updated in its production. So let's just go through full-size car, full-size luxury car, personal luxury car, and limousine. Um, it's not showing me. The Lincoln Continental also showed this. Um, so here we go. We have the evolution of the Crown Victoria, and they also have the Ford Limited Country Squire Mercury Colony Park. Uh, these are two different um, <laughs> station wagons. Uh, they're not bad-looking cars. They're the ones with the wood grain siding. <laughs> not that bad-looking, considering that... Uh, Impala that I looked at a minute ago. Well, you know, I say that. I'm looking at a Mercury Marquis from 1979, and uh, they have the 1983 through 2011 uh, two- and four-door sedans on here. They definitely got better, but that's not saying much. You know, if I look at the 2003 to 2004 four-door sedan, that's doable, but uh, that's, that's, Mer that's a Mercury Marauder. That's an okay-looking car. It's a high-performance variant of the Grand Marquis, Monochromatic trim, style familiar to the 1994 and 1996 Chevy Impala SS, which is why. That's where we started. I mean, there you have it. 
but uh, I'm looking at the Lincoln Continental and the Lincoln Town Car. Those are not horrible looking cars, but they're just not for me. But I'm looking at a Chinese uh, CA7460, and uh, that uh, car has seen some action. It's got, I don't know why that car is on this article, but... um. I think the best year for these cars is definitely 1993 through 2011, and that's the Ford Crown Victoria Police Interceptor, the P71. And there it is. We're back to where we started. We're back to where we started. Um, how much horsepower do these things have? Uh, engine and drivetrain. The Police Interceptor is equipped with an... Well, I already read that part. It's got the axles and everything on it, but I don't think it's really showing me what I want it to say. It's got a 4.6 liter modular V8... Four-speed automatic. That's uh, a big car. 114.4 inch wheelbase. And uh, 1995 to 97 had 212 inches. I don't know. I'm looking at these cars. What are the other interceptors? I mean, what other intercept? Law enforcement operation. That's not what I want. Um, problems and criticism. Let's see what was wrong with it. Following the criticism of fires following high-speed rear-end collisions, 2005 and later model police interceptors now come with an optional automatic fire suppression system and special trunk packages designed to prevent cargo from penetrating the fuel tank in a collision. Uh, you had to pay an extra $150. I don't know why they didn't... Why would you not make that standard on all cars that you're not going to race super high-speed, right? But uh, I'm kind of... Well, they have a picture of a police interceptor used in the movie Live Free or Die Hard. It says FBI police, and it's got gunshots on it, gun hole, bullet holes in it. Um, here, let's see. The Last Crown Victoria. Oh, this is an article um, about uh, a Crown Victoria. Oh, yeah, they use those as cabs. They use those as cabs, too. Wow, yeah, because I'm in the police interceptor. And we go let's go back to Crown Victoria and see if they have uses. They have a police interceptor, they have the exports, modifications from American vehicles, Mercury Marauder, 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 the grills, fender badges, special edition, safety concerns. Anyways, and I'm going to end it right there. Uh, I welcome anybody to go on here and check these out. I wanted to talk a little bit more about cars, but then I get stuck on <laughs> the Chevy Impala and the Ford Crown Victoria. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on these particular cars, uh, feel free to tweet it at in Wikipedia. Um, I'd be happy to hear from you. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll try to put another recording up before the end of the week. Uh, Thanks again for listening. I can't say it enough. Uh, hope it was interesting enough for you to listen to. It's about 23 minutes of me talking about the Impala and the Crown Victoria. But uh, <laughs> that is what it is. Oh, I, I need to make one where I can share some of these pictures. But Now, see, I'm looking at a, uh, not, to, not to not end it, but they have, they have a Ford Limited Crown Victoria two-door sedan. What year is this? It's not telling me what year, but it's like a 70 model. I feel like there's a lot you could do to this car to make it a lot more appealing. I think if you just change that grill, it looks like a Cadillac. The rims are what kill it in the stance. I mean, if you put a different, you know, suspension on that and you kind of 
tweak the Imperial. My grandmother had one of these, if I'm not mistaken. And it wasn't a non-decent car. It's a mark of the time. But I feel like if, if you... I want, hold on. Just for grins. Just for grins. Um, I'm going to go to uh, a car shopping site. Hold on. What's a, what's a good one? I'm not going to name any of these sites. Because they're not paying any money to me like Pocket Casts or uh, Anchor does. Um, so let's see. I want a... Let's just find out how much you can get a Chevy Crown Victoria for Chevrolet. Oh no, Ford. I'm sorry, Ford. Ford. And then let's go through Crown Victoria. In my area, let's see how much these bad boys run. See, they have a lot of the newer ones. You can get a used 1997 Ford Crown Victoria between. Four and seven thousand dollars looks like. This is a Crown Victoria that has sixty-five thousand miles on it, and that's not in bad condition. Um, they have some that are definitely police interceptors, and you can get those for under four grand. Um, they get fourteen miles to the gallon, and they have a V eight. I wonder, there's got to be something you could do to those cars to make them cooler looking. Um, while I am here, I'm going to look at the older one. Because what years? I'm looking at the newer years. Um, I'm going to go off of this website and I'm going to go to this other site. Just bear with me really quick. You're going to listen to me type. Just a little. Here's all the random crap that I've been looking up on. <laughs> Oh, okay. So what? Let's just say a nineteen sixty-five Crown Vic. Well, hold on. I'm 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 figuring out what I got to do to change up. I'm looking at one for two hundred and fifty dollars. Actually, I bet you this thing does not run. But it says used Crown Victoria. Uh, used transmission. I mean. This isn't the year that I wanted. This is not the older ones. Uh, I want to look for the older ones. Let's, wait, what's, what's, what year was that one? 1975. Was it 75? Because 77 looked like the year that it went downhill. Um, let's look. Uh, oh, they have it on this website? Oh, wow. Oh, wow, they have a lot of these cool old cars on here. How much are these? Buick Regal. Why is that coming up? I did not look for... Okay, there's the Impala that I was looking at earlier. And no, I don't want to compare them. It's giving me an overview. Uh, I thought these were cars for sale. I don't understand this website. I've never been on this website. I'm going to get away from this website. Um, here we go. Here we go. Here's some classified ads. These are not the older ones. I specifically put 1975. So what do they do? They show me 1999. I feel like I should have done this research before I started recording this episode, but I like that it's kind of on the cuff. It's borderline live. But Ford, Ford Limited. Um, hold on. Let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back. Let's look at the Impala. Let's see how much you can find a 63 Impala for. 
1963 Chevy Impala for sale. Oh, there's one for $85. It's used. <laughs> the hood is not attached. Um, here we go. Here we go. Here's another website that looks like they've got all my needs for car price. There's one for $35,000, and that looks like it's in really good condition. There's another one for $50. That's a $63. This is the website that I needed. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and take uh, Chevrolet off of it, and then we'll take Impala off of it. And then let's go ahead and see if we can put... Okay, take that year off. I don't know what I'm doing here. Sorry, everybody. I've never used this before. Um, I need to put uh, make. Cause I just I want to find out how much one of those. Oh my God, that's a 1972 Chevelle SS, and it is gorgeous. Wow, our Broncos coming back into style. Oh my gosh, that's a 1976 Bronco for sale. For 66K, and it is awesome. Oh, there's another one. There's a 76 for 64K. Oh, wow. These are good looking cars. Those are good looking cars. Wow. Okay, so, anyways, Ford. And then I'm going to pop this down. I want to see all. It's probably like, surely you don't mean Crown Victoria because it's giving me every C. Here we go Crown Victoria. View results. Oh, well, no. They, they did have older Crown Victorias. They made them back in the 50s. That is a tank of a car. I guess they've always been police cars. I didn't see any of this in Wikipedia, uh, and that's all I was doing is reading Wikipedia, so I don't even feel bad. But these 50-model Crown Victorias are pretty clean looking, uh, but that's not what I am looking for. I need to go to... I want coupes. And I want year range. I want to start uh, 1956. Sure. Oh, there we go. They don't have that many in here. <laughs> they have a 56 Grand Victoria, and then that's it. They're impossible to find. Sorry, at least on this website. Maybe I'll come back at another time and, and try to find those. But uh, let me look at the Camaros really quick while, while you're listening to me. Um, I, I recently posted a deal on my Instagram stating that I thought that the third-gen Camaro is underrated. See, oh man, that's a clean-looking car. That is a clean... Is that an IROC-Z? It doesn't say. That is a clean-looking car, and it's under $10,000. I don't feel like owning one of those would be a waste of money. Uh, I feel like you could do a lot to this car to make it look even better, but that back... What do they call it? The Fastback? Okay, let's look that up. Let's look that up. I'm just going to type in fastback. 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 That is not what I was looking for. What do they call that? Anyways, I don't want to bore anybody. Um, just, just so you know, uh, there's somebody online that will ship you their Crown Victoria uh, you're going to pay all of, you know, $500 and you're going to get this luxurious, uh, old interceptor sent to you. I mean, that's a pretty decent looking car. 
There's plenty of stuff you could do with that. You could get a whole, I mean, the transmission for that alone you can get for $350 on this website. Here's another one. It's it's missing some parts. <laughs> what happened to that car? Oh, geez, the stuff they put on here. Anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your week.